Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce and the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to the show. I don't know about you, but I'm having some fun this weekend. That's because I am fishing the Old Farts Bass Tournament again at Potholes Reservoir. It happens every September. It's put on by the Banks Lake Bass Club, and it usually attracts about 20 teams of anglers fishing from boats, and at least one angler in the boat has to be 40 years of age. My best friend Rusty Johnston and I will be doing our best to try to cash a check, something we've never done in any bass tournament we fish, but hey, maybe this time is going to be the time we finally do. Wish us luck. If you find yourself out in the Columbia Basin, you might want to drop by Mardon Resort because their annual marathon dock tournament is taking place there. For $40, you can enter, assuming that it's not full up. It's limited to 120 anglers, but I think there's going to be some spaces available. And you can fish as much as you want from Friday night all the way until about Sunday at noon. And the biggest two fish from each species caught off the dock wins prize money. So if you catch one of the two biggest bass or walleye or catfish or carp or crappie or bluegill or other species off the dock, you're going to take home some money. And you're definitely going to have a good time fishing. And you can always take a break, go to the restaurant or have a drink at the bar. This week on the show, we're going to talk about fishing Potholes Reservoir and hunting in the area, too, when we talk to local guide Shelby Ross. He is the owner of Ross Outdoor Adventures, and he's going to be talking about the youth waterfowl hunt that's coming up on the 23rd and on the 29th this year in Washington State. He'll also talk about early season cast and blast trips he offers in October, where you go duck hunting in the morning, enjoy some freshly cooked duck kebabs in the blind, and then you go fishing for walleye and other fish for the afternoon. It's, it's a ton of fun, something I've done before with Shelby, and I think you'll really enjoy it too. Bob Loomis is back for another extended Max Minute. This time the topic is going to be catching those salmon and steelhead down on the Snake River by the mouth of the Grand Ronde. It is prime time to do so, and Bob will give you some advice on exactly how you can have success side drifting for these fish right now. Another guest we'll talk to is Downrigger Dale. He is the co-host of the Montana Outdoor Radio Show, and this is a great two-hour program that goes off every Saturday morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. at stations all across the Treasure State. Last but not least, you'll get to hear an award-winning interview with Jason Brooks, very well-known outdoors writer. He's going to be talking about big game hunting trips that went well and not so well in Idaho for him in the last couple of years. And if you think you've heard this interview before, you have. We actually aired it back in 2022, but it won an Excellence in Craft Award, a first place award, no less, from the Outdoor Writers Association of America. Just got that award last week, and so we're going to share that interview with you again. Want more? Okay, well, we've got some upcoming events taking place in Oregon, Washington, and Montana. Some of them are for kids, some of them are for adults, but all of them look to be a whole lot of fun. Throw in our Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week, and as always, we've got a lot coming your way, so let's get to it with another edition of Sportsman Spotlight. Cold water dangers to waterfowl hunters. David Sparks with Sportsman Spotlight. Not to be like your mother, but it is always better to be safe. 
What with duck and goose seasons upon us, there are some things you really should be aware of. Fish and Game spokesperson Steve Liebenthal with something that may seem obvious but really isn't. A lot of people have the misconception that water has to be near freezing to cause hypothermia, and that's simply not true. If it's colder than the human body, which is 98.6 degrees, uh, eventually hypothermia can set in, depending on the temperature and how long one spends in the water. Overloaded boats and failure to wear life jackets are leading reasons waterfowl hunters drown every year. A few statistics. In recent years, about 70% of fatal boating accidents victims drowned, and of those, 84% were not wearing a life jacket. Eight of every 10 boaters who drowned were using vessels less than 21 feet long. Now, cold water wicks body heat 25 times faster than air at the same temperature. Anyone who falls in has only a few minutes before the cold renders them numb and unable to swim. Most boats float even when capsized or swamped, so get in or on the boat to get as far out of the water as possible. Wearing a life vest is a must. It'll help preserve body heat and keeps even an unconscious person afloat. So get to shelter, change into dry clothing, and warm up slowly. Not nagging, just saying. Being a farmer takes hard work. Growing wheat is no exception. At Wilbur Ellis, we know that the most successful farms are rooted in the right partnerships and the right solutions. Like Efficax Soil Retention Adjuvant. Efficax helps you control late season and winter weeds by enhancing the effectiveness of your herbicide. It works by improving spray material coverage, adhesion, and residual activity making your herbicide investment more efficient than ever. But growing a bumper crop of wheat isn't the only advantage of working with Wilbur Ellis. When you partner with us, you get access to a team of industry-leading experts and the real-time answers you need to boost your yield and your bottom line. That's the power of we. You work hard. Let us help your hard work go further with Efficax. Contact your local Wilbur Ellis representative today to see what the power of we can do for you. Pheasants Forever is working hard every day to ensure there's more wildlife habitat for the future. To join us, go to pheasantsforever.org. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is Montana, and I'll tell you what. We are blessed to air on several stations in Montana, in Plentywood, in Shelby, in Great Falls, in Missoula. And as you know, we cover the greater Northwest beat in terms of the Pacific Northwest, Oregon and Washington, the Rocky Mountain states of Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. But if you want to really get dialed in with what's happening in the outdoors in Montana, especially with fishing and hunting, you've got to tune in to the Montana Outdoor Radio Show. I have for years. It is a great two-hour weekend show, and we've got one of the co-hosts with us today, Dale Moore, also known as Downrigger Dale. Dale, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, John. The very nice words about our program. I was starting to wonder, has he really listened to it that much? If he says that many good things about it, but... Uh... <laughs> It is a great show, and I've been a big fan for a long time. For our listeners who have not tuned in to the Montana Outdoor Radio Show, why don't you kind of walk them through what a typical weekend looks like? 
Well, it's a real joy to do the show. We started that show, actually, uh, the host of the show, Mark Ward, better known as the captain. He and I had owned uh, radio stations in Montana and sold those. And after uh, we sold them, he uh, decided to do a statewide broadcast. That was 25 years ago that started the uh, statewide broadcast. It's on 70 stations all across Montana, but then also on Facebook Live, on Network One Sports, and that. So now we're heard in over 100 countries, pretty much every state and every province in Canada as well. So it's gotten bigger than any of us ever dreamed of. But when I uh, retired, I was in the music business and network radio business in Tennessee and Nashville. And so when I retired, I moved back and joined the captain again and rekindled our partnership. And uh, we've been having a ball. So we get underway at six o'clock mountain time every uh, Saturday morning. It's a live show. So it's uh, six o'clock a.m. that folks can find us on Facebook or, of course, any of our great uh, affiliates all across the state. Or they can listen just right online at MontanaOutdoor.com. So we start at 6 in the morning, and we go till 8 o'clock in the morning mountain time, and we cover the state from border to border and talk about everything from uh, hunting to fishing to you name it. Now, of course, we're focusing more on hunting because bow season just started in Montana, but we've got upland game bird and uh, waterfowl season is going to be getting underway. And so we have uh, correspondents all over the state of Montana that throughout the show call in and give reports on fishing and hunting and things like that. And then uh, the captain, after 25 years, he kind of does his own thing. He uh, usually does the show from either Lewistown, Montana, where he has a home, or from Fort Peck. He loves Fort Peck and does a lot of fishing, and I go over there quite often. Yeah, that's what we do. Uh, Friday morning, we do a, a local show that's just in Missoula that actually has been on the air for almost 40 years now. Wow. And why don't you tell our listeners of what station that airs on and what time for the local show? Because I understand that it's a sister station of the station we air on, KMPT. Right. Yeah. In fact, KMPT was one of the stations that Captain and I used to own and also uh, KGVO. So our show's on uh, in Missoula. Uh, the local show is on KGVO, 1290 AM, 98.3 FM. And that airs, the, the local show on Friday morning airs from 8 to 9 in the morning. It's just a one-hour show. We do it live from a sports bar called uh, Paradise Falls in Missoula. Yeah, really great place to eat and, uh, and just a real fun place. And so it's a hop, and even uh, that early in the morning, it's, it's a big breakfast spot, so a lot of people go there. And So, yeah, we're it's on KGVO. You can also listen to the local show either through the KGVO website or we also archive it on MontanaOutdoor.com. So you can find it uh, on our Facebook page or MontanaOutdoor.com. You're listening to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We're talking to Downrigger Dale, the co-host of the Montana Outdoor Radio Show, which airs all across the state of Montana every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. And I thought that we would spend a couple of minutes talking about some cast and blast destinations for the month of September because you've got sharp-tailed grouse season going on right now, and some of those places where you hunt grouse aren't too far away from some bodies of water you ought to consider fishing. Oh, yeah. Montana is kind of a uh, cast and blast paradise. In fact, there's several outfitters that actually offer cast and blast packages 
for people. And, you know, I'd be happy to share those with you if you want down the road or people can email me. But there's quite a few outfitters that do that, you know, and that's a pretty good way to go if you're not familiar with areas in Montana, you know, if you're coming from outside the state, because you're going to increase your odds a lot better having that local knowledge. But some of the more popular places, I assume, are you talking like bird hunting with fishing or are you talking big game? I'm talking anything you want. If we can cast and we can blast or shoot shoot an arrow and cast, that's fine too. Yeah. Well, the Missouri River, of course, runs across the state. Really, anywhere from Great Falls East on the Missouri is really good. All kinds of waterfowl, pretty much any kind of fish from, you know, all the usual suspects in the the trout family to uh, also uh, walleye and that in the Missouri. And that's a great place. You can go a a long way to actually follow the footsteps of Lewis and Clark there. Another good one is the Bighorn River. And that one, you know, had some issues for a while with uh, fish populations. It's definitely come back and done well. It's a good place if you want to cast and blast to do a cast and blast for pheasant, Hungarian partridge, uh, sharp-tailed grouse, plenty of ducks on there as well. Rainbow trout and brown trout are excellent there. And in the Bighorn, really good places to go, I'd say, is probably southeast of Billings are some good spots in there. The other rivers I would recommend for that would be the Big Hole, Beaver Head River, uh, Ruby, or any in that area. Now, that's very, very well known for, you know, great big brown trout, right. cutthroats and grayling. But you're going to find some really good grouse and geese and pheasant there as well. So uh, those are, I'd say, the main ones that you might want to go for cast and blast. But like I said, if you if you enter cast and blast in Google in Montana, you're going to see quite a few outfitters that will pop up. And most of them that pop up are going to offer actual cast and blast packages. And it's a good way to go if you're not familiar with the area. I agree completely. I'll tell you what, folks, uh, cast and blast early fall doesn't get much better than that. And if you want to find out more about fishing and hunting in Montana, you've got to do what I do and tune in to the Montana Outdoor Radio Show. Listen to the captain, Mark Ward, and Downrigger Dale and the rest of the crew as they cover the outdoor scene for two hours every Saturday morning. Look for stations and airtimes at MontanaOutdoor.com. That's MontanaOutdoor.com for the Montana Outdoor Radio Show. Dale, thanks so much for sharing this with us and coming on board with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Well, thank you. It was my honor to be on your show. you got a great show. Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. 
Located in the northeast corner of Oregon, Wallowa County offers a unique destination rich in natural beauty and outdoors recreation. Enjoy the clear waters of Wallowa Lake. Take a tram to the top of Mount Howard for million-dollar views. Hike or ride into the Eagle Cap Wilderness and fish or raft the Wallowa and Grand Ronde Rivers. It's all waiting for you in beautiful Wallowa County. Plan your visit today at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. Public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio and to an extended Max Minute brought to you by Max Lur. It's that time again. It's time for another extended Max Minute from Max Lure. And once again, we've got Bob Loomis on the line. And the topic this week again is Fall Chinook. Great to have you back, Bob. Thank you, John. You know, right now and into October is a great time to head to the Snake River right above the Grand Ronde. A lot of guides and a lot of other anglers are working that stretch for both Fall Chinook and Steelhead. So how do you like to fish that stretch of the river? I know you've been there before. You know, drift fishing is, is one of my favorite loves, and it's something that you have to get a feel for, and it's not unlike hover fishing or fishing suspended bait. It is something that it's an acquired sense, so to speak. So I, I really enjoy drift fishing that area. You know, and that is what everyone does. They're sight drifting and just kind of start up by the mouth of the Grand Ron and work their way down about two, 300 yards and then just do it over and over again. But it's a great stretch of the river to fish. What Max Lure products would you recommend when it comes to fishing this? Well, you know, most of the stuff that I, that I end up using is I really enjoy fishing uh, one or sometimes two pill floats along with uh, a smile blade and a small bait of eggs or sometimes shrimp, you know, just depending on what we're using on that day. And what kind of colors do you like to use? You know, I like the high-vis colors, the hot pinks, chartreuses, even the oranges work very well. So mix and match using hot pink with a chartreuse smile blade or vice versa. Uh, Same thing with oranges and cream colors, you know, just something that's very, very high UV color. Well, there you go. Some great ideas on how to catch some of those fall Chinook and maybe some steelhead, too. Down on the Snake River, right by the mouth of the Grand Ron. Great fishery that's going on right now. And if you want lures to use, just go to maxlure.com or go to a sporting goods store near you. Wedding rings? I've had as many as I've got fingers on my hands. I started off with the Wedding Ring Classic, of course. That smooth blade from Indiana. That beaded body. The sharp hook. We caught a lot of trout together over the years, but then that patented smile blade wedding ring, well, let's just say it took my fancy, along with the trout and the kokanee. Now I'm going through this new age sort of phase. You might say I'm hooked on the new high UV colored wedding rings and I'm catching more fish than ever. So yeah, I've got a whole bunch of wedding rings. You should get some too. Don't look at the jewelry store though. These wedding ring spinners are from Max Lure and you'll find them at the sporting goods store near you or online at maxlure.com. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. 
Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure nine inches or longer. The fish are worth six, eight, or ten dollars, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish too because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is the Gem State of Idaho. That's where outdoors writer Jason Brooks is with his son. They're deer hunting. And this is not the first time they've done this fall either. Jason, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, John. Glad to be back. So, Jason, you live in Washington State like I do, but you've been going to Idaho for like 30 years now for big game hunting. What continues to draw you to the Gem State? You know, it's interesting. I actually first started hunting here back my senior year in high school, 31 years ago, as a gift from my dad before I went to the United States Air Force. And really quick, there I was. So I hunted my first year as senior in high school. And then fast forward a year later, I'm at Chinook Air Force Base, Illinois, and I'm getting my orders where I'm going to go land my feet. You know, I'm going through my training and everything else. And I finally get my orders and I got Mountain Home, Idaho. There you go. <laughs> so I landed right back to Idaho, got to live in southern Idaho, got to enjoy the gem state, fell in love with this place from the sagebrush flats down by the Nevada border all the way up to the, the Tamaracks and the Alpine area up by the Canadian border and everything in between. The Frank Church lies right in the middle of it, and that's where my heart lies as well, is right in the heart of Idaho. Well, I know you love to fly into a little airstrip in the Frank Church wilderness, and you did that again this fall. Tell me about that hunt and how it went. Well, so I think this was like my 17th or 18th time going in there. I can't even remember anymore how many times I've been in there. And you'd think by now I would know better, but I'm probably at this stage in my life and, and maybe in my hunting career where I, I'm starting to forget the little things and they become <laughs> big things real quick. First I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. First off, we get in there and the weather's going to be perfect. It was 78 degrees three days before we got there. So I'm like, oh, no. But it was a cold spell coming in, a cold front. We had to fly in a day early because of a major storm that was coming in. So we get in there, and it starts raining on us. And then the snow level's starting to drop. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be perfect. And we're getting all of our gear ready to go. We have a wall tent in there by the airstrip. Then we spike out, which is we, we basically bivouac out. We take a small little hot tent. You know, we were five miles away from the runway. And so we're getting all of our gear ready. And I pull my gaiters, which gaiters are like these things you put over your boots, to your pant leg to kind of keep the water from going in from the top of your boot, like, in, you know, from your socks getting soaking wet and those right. kind of things. And I realized I grabbed my son's gaiters that I bought him back when he was about 10 years old. Oh, no. Yeah. So the next morning, I'm like, well, no gators, no problem. I've done this before, you know. And we start hiking into where we're going to go into Spike Out at, and it starts pouring down rain and pouring down rain. Now I'm soaked, and my feet are waterlogged. I can feel the water squishing in my wool socks. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. No. And then I look up, and 15 yards in front of me in the trail is a black bear cub. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, uh, okay, this is not good. Where's Mama Bear? I'm right. like, you're way too close. This is a really small bear. It's soaking wet. I'm soaking wet. I have a whistle with me. If you ever get lost, you know, let's carry a whistle. I start yelling, hey, bear. I start blowing on this whistle, and this bear just for like 15 minutes just stands there 15 yards, feeding in some fireweed, kind of walks towards a tree, walks towards me. No Mama Bear ever showed up. 
Huh. I don't know. I don't know if this mom bear got taken out by wolves, a lot of wolves in there, or just natural occurrence, or I, I don't know. But this little cub was all by himself. We're both sitting there soaked. I felt so bad for him. But that's how my trip is starting for a 10-day Idaho backcountry trip. Oh, jeez. Did it we, get better? Well, no. <laughs> we get to where we're going to spike out. I put my tent up. I'm going to put my stove together. The pin that holds the hinge for the stove door fell off somewhere. Oh. I now have a stove that's non-functional. Oh, my God. Was that and your only source of warmth or your only source of cooking? Yeah, and drying out. Remember, I'm soaking wet. Yes. Oh, and on, boy. On top, of, on top of that, it's now switched from rain to snow. But I was able to fabricate a pin by taking these rings you have for your, your stove pipe, and I, I cut it and, and was able to fabricate that. So I got that sold the night. I pull up my air pad, and I, I climb in my sleeping bag. I've got a bivy bag, and I was saying, okay, no problem. I wake up a half hour later. My sleeping pad apparently had a hole in it. So now <laughs> oh I, sleep all, I sleep all night on the ground. I'm trying to dry out my socks. I'm trying to dry out my boots. It's just not happening. So the next morning I wake up. I tell my hunt partners who are in there. I said, I have to go back out to base camp. I got to get dried out. I've got to get my other pad, my base uh, camp pad. So my dad had taught me this trick years and years ago. I had some plastic bags with me. So I actually put my wool socks back on. I put some plastic bags over my wool socks, slid them into my wet boots, and down the trail I go. Fat, dumb, and happy, just hiking along. And I look up on the hillside, and there's a herd of elk. Oh. So I thought, why not? Finally, my luck has turned. Let's go chase some elk while wearing plastic bags on your feet. <laughs> Four four hours later, I get to the top of the ridge, John, just to watch the elk crest over at 6,000 feet and literally somber away, eating at 700 yards into the backside of this basin. And I'm like, I can't go any further. That's I, If I go any further and shoot this elk, it'll take me 10 years to get this thing out of it, alone 10 days. Right. So now I've got to go back down. Keep in mind, the runway's at 4,400 feet. I'm at 6,000 feet, and I'm within probably a half mile of the runway as far as the crow flies. That's how steep this country is. Oh, I'm in the, you know, the, the river basin, the, the, the river drainage, and I have plastic bags on my feet. Oh my <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was pretty much, that's my Frank Church hunt of the year right there. I get down, I get cleaned up, I get dried out, and I just pretty much took my camera for a walk the rest of the, the other eight days after that. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. Even the experienced professionals and avid hunters have outings like this. However, this week... You are on a hunt with your son in the Idaho Panhandle. Understand you got some of those leftover tags that are available. How's that going? Well, so it was going great. So, I, yeah, I have a, an any deer tag, and my son had an any deer tag. And then November 3rd, Idaho put on a the last of their sales for their leftover and turned in tags. And I was able to snag a tag for my son that's a, a doe tag. You know, so I'm like, hey, I want to surprise him with that. We see so many deer up here that it's not uncommon for you to get your deer on the first day. You know, and I'm like, hey, they're not very I – mean, I'm a mule deer hunter at heart. So when I get these whitetails, they're not as big as a mule deer. So we have no problem with the meat and everything else. You know, we, we usually run out of the whitetail well, you know, well before even summertime. So I surprised him with this deer tag. And so today we're, we're going along and we're going out this ridge line. And it was almost like a takeoff or carryover. I had started flashbacks of the Frank Church. Oh, no. Yeah, because my son stops and he waves me over. And I go over to him. And I go, what, what's going on, Ryan? He goes, look at these tracks. Well... I had forgot the bear spray at home, and oh, I thought, oh. eh, no big deal. The bears are hibernating now. It's like 12 degrees outside. No, there was a fresh, today, grizzly track right where we were walking. Oh, wow. 
there are grizzly bears in this area. We're between the Selkirks and the Kootenays. Right. And I'm like, oh, boy, yay, just what we needed. So I looked at him and said, just remember, kid, I don't have to outrun the bear. I have to outrun you. <laughs> I have a feeling you'd lose that race, but keep going. <laughs> I, yes, absolutely. Well, about an hour later, we see a flash in the brush. And so Ryan's got these two tags, right? One's for any deer, one's for a doe. And he's like, hey, a deer just, you know, white, they're white tails. So you see a flash, right. it's, it's a deer, right? Okay, so he hikes up over the top of this ridge. And I'm watching him, and he's turning into a really good white tail hunter because he hunts black tails in Western Washington. I see him, you know, raise his rifle. And then you just, it's almost like English style shooting for pheasants. Have you ever done that? You point to a spot and wait for the bird to come to you. Uh-huh. He slides his rifle to the left and just stops. And then about three seconds later, he fires. And what it was, he said, I talked to him, I said, what's going on? And his dad, I saw the deer, it was running through the brush, so I couldn't shoot through the brush. So I found the opening where it was heading to, put my scope right there. He shoots a two to 10 power scope. He's on two power. So there's a good field view. I just aimed my crosshairs right in the opening. As soon as I saw that deer, I shot. I was like, well, good for you. Wow. And yeah, so we hike up, and he's like, yep, I think it's a big doe, Dad. I got a big doe. I feel my doe tag. We get up there, and I go, well, one problem, Ryan. It's got spike antlers. Oh, well. (laughs) But you know what? He'd really hope to get a nice whitetail buck on this trip. The bucks are rutting. Right. But he's got a really good eating whitetail buck. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we are out of time, but definitely a tale of two trips. I have no doubt we'll see them in print. Look for Jason's work in magazines like the Western Hunting Journal, in Northwest Sportsman Magazine, in The Real News, and a whole lot more. Jason, thanks for sharing your adventures with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Thank you, John, for having me. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio, and we are checking in with Shelby Ross, the owner of Ross Outdoor Adventures. He offers hunting trips for waterfowl in the Columbia Basin and also fishing trips on Potholes Reservoir. Shelby, great to have you back on the air. John, always great to be with you. So we've got the youth opener coming up in several states, including Washington, where there's a youth waterfowl hunting day on the 23rd and another one on the 30th. And... These youth openers, I don't know about you, I think they're really important for getting that next generation into the sport in definitely an uncrowded setting. Oh, absolutely. And I know have over the years had uh, tons of kids get started with it and have continued it, you know, 20 years later. And I understand that you might, this isn't for sure, but you might actually have openings for the youth hunts. What would a hunt like that look like? So we would... Uh, Wheel out to the sand dunes way too early and uh, sit out a set of decoys and have the youths uh, fling steel in the air and uh, 
hopefully connect. There's no doubt. Be lots of shooting, and uh, hopefully by the end of the day, there's some connecting. I'm sure there would be, even though uh, in some sense, some of those kids can shoot pretty well. Other ones, it takes a few shots. But, you know, the thing I love about Potholes Reservoir in the early season is you really have a mixed bag of birds to choose from, and it looks to me like the local population is doing pretty well this year. Lots and lots of teal, lots of widgeon, more mallards than I've seen for this time of year for the last few years, so there's birds to be had for sure. All right, and what's the website if folks want to actually book a trip with you, especially one of these youth hunt trips? RossOutdoorAdventures.com That's very easy, RossOutdoorAdventures.com Let's talk about something else you'll be offering, especially in the month of October, cast and blast combo trips. I got to go on a couple of these with you, absolutely love them. Walk our listeners through a cast and blast trip with you. So we would uh, set up to duck hunt in the morning, and you know, early season duck hunting, your hunt is over by 10.30, 11 o'clock at the latest. So, you know, there's a lot of nice day left, and... Pick up the decoys and go catch some walleye. Not just walleye, either. I remember we got a real mixed bag when we went out with you on an October trip. I think we caught a big bluegill, we caught walleye, we caught bass. Don't think we got any trout that trip, but I know those are in the mix, too. How has the fishing been lately? Our uh, our fall bite traditionally gets really picks up uh, mid-September, start getting the cool nights. It actually turned on about... Two weeks ago, when it was still really hot temperatures, and it's not traditionally great walleye bite, but uh, we've had really good catch numbers. Well, like I say, for before uh, September even started, we were we were having good catches, and we uh, got four limits today, and had limits on Wednesday, and along with the mixed bag of bluegill and crappie and more bass than you can count. And how do you go about catching the walleye this time of year? So right now, I'm pulling crankbaits with planer boards. We're trolling crankbaits over these submerged sand humps. And as the water temps cool, we'll get to a point in the fall where they just won't chase those baits that fast anymore. And it switches back to a uh, spinner and crawler harness. But, and I know you're a big fan of a, a slow death rig with a smile blade on top of it by Max Lure and just a couple of beads. That seems to do the trick with you, tip of the night crawler. Yeah, you know, the, the smile blade from Max Lure probably catches more walleye than any other technique in the Northwest. And you can vary the speed so much. It has good action when it's super slow early in the spring and late in the fall when the water temps are just colder. And it just works and, and catches all of the other species as well as the walleye. Now, we've been talking about duck hunting, but we should talk about goose hunting, too. Got to tell you, I was out on the reservoir, out by the sand dunes a couple of days ago. Couldn't believe what I saw, a flock of about 20 snow geese. And I've got to ask you your opinion. Are these geese that just never left when they overwintered here, or are they already starting to show up early? I think they're just uh, arriving because I have not seen any snows since, oh, probably late spring first part of summer and they all the last of them bamboosed and i have not seen well, i haven't seen any at all until you you mentioned that i haven't seen it all well this is definitely the earliest i've ever seen snow geese down here but they sure like it you know you and i have talked about this before 10 15 years ago you never saw a snow goose in the columbia basin and we must have had what ten thousand birds rafting on potholes reservoir last winter now there's uh, there's ten or twelve thousand, and the numbers continue to grow every year. And one of the nice things this upcoming season, we can hunt them with the opener of duck and goose season, October 14. Whereas that hasn't been the case; it has not opened in previous years until November 5. And 
those birds are here on the opener and are, you know, just not educated. So I bet we harvest a lot of snow geese on the early duck hunts this year, which will be a nice little bonus. Oh, absolutely. And for you 20 snow geese out there, you better watch out. The opener's coming up soon. So that should be all sorts of fun. All right. Anything else you would like to cover when it comes to your hunting and fishing trips in the month of October? If you are interested in uh, doing something, give me a right away because it's filling up fast. Absolutely. Shelby is a longtime hunting and fishing guide, very popular in the area, and you will have a great time if you go with them. Oh, and I do have to ask, are duck poppers still on the menu? Absolutely, and that, there's a percentage of the clientele that I think is only here because of the duck popper and kebab lunch. There is nothing better than having a morning hunt and watching Shelby breast out some of those ducks and barbecue up some poppers for you. It is absolutely fantastic. Great part of the trip. If you want to book a combo hunting and fishing trip or maybe that youth waterfowl hunt or maybe a hunting trip later in the season, the website to go is the same, RossOutdoorAdventures.com. That's RossOutdoorAdventures.com. And like Shelby said, you better call quick because he is booking up fast. Shelby, thanks as always for the report and all the information that you're sharing with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. John, always great to chat with you. Thank you so much. By the way, if you're looking for a place to stay while you were hunting or fishing with Shelby, you'll be hard-pressed to do much better than Mardon Resort. Number one, that's where Shelby launches, is right there at the resort. And Mardon Resort offers great accommodations. Whether you want to stay in one of the brand-new deluxe cabins or a park cottage or a camper cabin or have an RV or even pitch a tent, it's all waiting there for you. There's a great restaurant, a nice little bar on site. There's also a tackle store and store with everything you need to get by and there's even putt putt golf again mardon resort great place to stay and i should also mention that this portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at cena cc food the wheeler family owns this and works this operation hard up in cordova alaska before they return to central washington for the fall quarter for their kids to go to school and they have all sorts of great fish to share with you. We are talking about wild-caught salmon, not just Chinook salmon, but also silver salmon, also known as coho, and sockeye salmon, even sockeye salmon from the Copper River, which is some of the finest salmon there is to eat. They've also got halibut, they've got lingcod, they've got rockfish, they've even got crab cakes, and they've got all sorts of other great seafood for you, too. It is all packaged carefully and sent right to your door in meal-sized portions. So check out their website at cenasea.com. That's spelled S-E-N-A-S-E-A, cenasea.com, and use the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO for 10% off your entire order. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. 
fishing, and fun. That's what you'll find at Mardon Resort. Come to sunny eastern Washington and bring your RV or rent a cottage, cabin, or room at our newly upgraded resort at the south end of Potholes Reservoir. Get tackle and provisions at our general store. And after you're done fishing, hanging out at our swim beach, or boating for the day, enjoy dinner and a drink at the beach house. Find out more at MardonResort.com. That's MardonResort.com, where the fish bite and we don't. Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com, and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. Wetlands are some of the most important ecosystems on Earth, but our wetlands are quickly disappearing. Find out how you can help. Join Ducks Unlimited today. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you. With not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. Before we go today, we've got time for one last shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with your host, John Cruz. I'm glad you're back because there's a few upcoming events I thought you might want to know about. We'll start off in Oregon, where the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife is putting on some Learn to Hunt Intro to Hunting in Oregon. One of these events is taking place on the 21st between 6 and 8 p.m. at the Cabela's store in Tualatin. That's a suburb of Portland. The cost to attend is $10. And the same seminar is taking place in Newport on October 12th at the conference room at Thompson Sanitary Service. Also a $10 charge and the same time 6 to 8. You can also learn to fish Ocean Surf Perch in Newport. That's going to be at Ona Beach in Newport on September 23rd from 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. That looks like it's going to be all sorts of fun. The cost to attend, 35 bucks. Moving on to Montana. A free youth pheasant and waterfowl weekend kickoff event is scheduled for Tuesday, September 19th from 5 to 7.30 p.m. at the Haber Trap Club for any youth aged 10 and older. Parents and other mentors planning to hunt with them are expected to attend as well. This event is planned ahead of the Youth Pheasant Waterfowl Weekend of September 23rd and 24th. Open for properly licensed youth ages 10 to 15. The kickoff is going to include a barbecue open house for kids and adults alike to learn about Youth Bird Hunting Weekend, ask questions, and get advice on where to go. In addition to this, the Haver Trap Club will be offering trap shooting where kids can rotate through a round of trap, shotgun shells, and trap will be provided free of cost. Fish, Wildlife, and Park staff will also be giving several seminars in the open house setting on a variety of topics. And if you have any questions, just contact Mark Cloker at the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Region 6 office. Finally, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife is going to be celebrating National Hunting and Fishing Day 
on September 30th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. with a camp for the kids at Camp Kells, located on Diamond Lake Road in Newport, that is east of Spokane. Kids who are 17 years and younger who attend the event with an adult can shoot WDFW firearms, archery equipment, and air rifles for free. There will be a whole lot more going on there as well. This is always a fun event. And now it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And it's about waterfowl and where they nest. There is one species of duck that actually nests in trees or in tree boxes. And that's your question. What kind of duck are we talking about here? I can tell you it's a smaller duck, and the drakes in particular are very beautiful, multicolored. If you know the answer, you know what to do. Again, we are not taking answers on our Facebook page because of repeated attempts by scammers to get your personal information. So you'll need to go to our website at northwesternoutdoors.com and shoot us an email from there and let us know what is the type of duck that prefers to nest in trees here in the greater Northwest. One lucky person who guesses right wins that $25 gift card we give away every week from Sportsman's Warehouse, which has all the gear you need for the upcoming waterfowl hunting season. On that note, it is time to go. But until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. Outdoors.